and good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis. The late Patty Fink is very, very late this week. She'll be in next week. Uh, on the board with us today is Josh and we have our guest is Greg Kilhoffers on the phone with us. Greg is the CEO of Cavan Enterprises. Hey, Greg, you there? I'm here, Dave. Good. Before we start, I just want to um, remind our listeners, this is Pledge Drive here at KNON. This it should is. be our last day of Pledge Drive uh, for the uh, fall Pledge Drive. And uh, if you'd like to make a, a contribution to KNON, call 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Or you can go online to knon.org, hit the Pledge Now button, uh, and Josh, who is the one who always gets three calls at once, <laughs> is saying he's nodding his head. Yeah, go go. To but that's a good that problem one. to have. So give us a call, and I'll I'll, I'll answer one of the lines. That's great. Uh, but uh, it, it's real easy if you go online to knon.org, uh, and uh, all of the pledge premiums will come up. Uh, we do have a couple of new pledge premiums this time. Uh, you have that list, don't you, Leron? Yes. So of course we have our regular T-shirts. You can get your knon. Um, T-shirt. Um, that's a pledge for $50. And the new one has the KNON 2020 Awards T-shirt because we won an award. And I think it we was... We won two awards. We won two awards. <laughs> um, of course, everybody's wearing a mask now. So we won you, one award. Huh. <laughs> we always win awards. So you can get a KNON. You got a, a choices. You can get either... The dis, uh, disposable mask. I know some people like those. You can get the, you know, we have the blue disposable masks also, but it has the KNON Voice of the People logo on it. Or you can get a cloth mask. And uh, one size fits all. You can get a pledge for uh, four masks for a pledge of $25. Um, what else do we have? Oh, look, coffee. Oh, we haven't mentioned the coffee. This we haven't mentioned the coffee. Right. And, and where's the That's co where Patty is. She's out picking coffee beans. <laughs> Thank you. You can get a Canoen Organa House coffee blend for a pledge of $30. And license plates. We always brag about how when we ride around town and you see a, a license plate that has Canoen on it, you just kind of give a thumbs up to it. We know they're cool. You know what worries me about that? What? KERA police officers. <laughs> And get a ticket, <laughs> but if you if you like a T-shirt or need a T-shirt, um, we have the uh, the Voice of the People uh, shirt with the two awards: one from the Dallas Observer, one from Fort Worth Weekly. Yep. And we have a two pack of T-shirts: uh, the two the Dallas KNON disaster T-shirts. We have the KNON with the tornado in it because the tornado did destroy our studio last year. It did. And um, the COVID T-shirt with the KNO, the O in KNON is the mask, and that's for an $80 pledge. Uh, so 972-647-1893, 972-647-1893, or KNON.org and hit the Pledge Now button. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, Cavan Enterprises is, uh, owns one side of the block uh, on Cedar Springs, and... Um, you're doing some development there. Tell us a little bit about the history of that block and what it is that you have planned. Well, in, in 1978, Frank Cavan uh, bought his first um, establishment or building uh, on Frogmorton. He opened a club called the Candy Store there, and that is where Sue Ellen sits today. 
of course, TMC was there through the um, most of the 80s and 90s, um, as everybody pretty much knows. And then we switched Sue Ellen's on, on the opposite end with JR's, and now uh, that building uh, houses Sue Ellen's. And then shortly after that, he bought JR's, and going back to the 1980s, JR's was just a small, teeny little bar. Uh, the, the bar was against um, one side of the building, and you couldn't, and those that you couldn't walk around the bar, you just walked in and it was a one-sided, small strip-type business uh, bar. Okay, now here's uh, what I remember about that, Greg. Um, mm -hmm. Cedar Springs was really seedy at that time. And mm -hmm. the place where the prostitutes hung out was the corner of Cedar Springs and Throckmorton. <laughs> so all these gay guys are walking into JR's and walking past these prostitutes who... It took them about six months to figure it out why they weren't getting any business anymore. <laughs> but they finally find a way. Okay, yeah, that was before was my time. The demise of the prostitutes. Uh -huh. Yeah, that was before my time. I don't remember prostitutes. Uh, well, you know, that's interesting. I'll chat a little bit about that here in a minute because um, they did move uh, back towards the Maple area and mm -hmm. down towards Rivershawn is where they kind of moved as Frank starts developing that block and a half. Right. Yeah, and then in 78, we all, uh, you know, a lot of people remember the old plantation on Harwood downtown. Mm -hmm. And that property was acquired by the city and Frank had a long-term lease with the owners of that property. So they had to pay that lease out to Frank. So Frank took the proceeds of that and he came down and um, bought the building where, for the 4001 building now where Skivvies and um, our new restaurant where Roy G's is sitting. And he opened uh, the first village station in that building. Mm -hmm. And then uh, kind of after that, he just kept acquiring all the property um, on, uh, on 3900 3, uh, block of Cedar Springs. His goal was to um, basically put his his flag in the ground there and create a place where uh, a permanent place for the gay community in which he, he ended up acquiring most all that property uh, before he passed away in 87 and that's where we sit today. Mm -hmm. Now he also developed bars in other cities. Absolutely. So I actually started working for Cabin in 1985 and in 1985 uh, we had the Dallas property we had Houston, uh, we had a, a club Heaven in Houston, a JR's in Houston and Montrose Mining Company. He owned some clubs in, um, uh, I can't remember, I'm trying, Denver, Colorado. Mm -hmm. We owned a club in Fort Worth, and then he owned clubs in Tampa, Orlando, and Key West. And Washington, D.C. And we then we opened D.C., yeah. And JR's is still open in D.C. It is. It is still today. We sold that property several years ago, but um, the, the young man at the time we sold it to still has it and is doing a great job. Mm -hmm. uh, and Houston is a separate company, and if any of the other bars in Denver or uh, Tampa and Orlando are still there, those are all separate ownership. That is correct. So you're just uh, Dallas. Um, mm -hmm. But you owned the property, and it's been sitting there. You know, like I said, it's been... Cedar Springs has been seedy for years and years, and um, the gay community came in, developed Cedar Springs until it became, I know during the 90s, uh, and I did some retail on Cedar Springs at the time, we had the highest sales per square foot 
in retail in Dallas other than North Park. That's amazing. Um, But that's how much Cedar Springs had developed. Um, You're at a point now where you want to do something to bring Cedar Springs to the next level. That is correct. Now, I'm sure you've gotten lots and lots of, and, and that's why I brought up I mean, sales per square foot on that block, which have been tremendous. You must have gotten plenty of orf- offers for the property over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, many offers, especially in the last, I would say, seven to ten years um, from multiple developers. And you've decided, yes, let's just sell out the gay community and make some money and go home. There you go. So, <laughs> the, the many developers who have approached me over the years, um, you know, their 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 vision was to do exactly like that. A lot, a little over three acres of land. Uh, all developers, a lot of developers, have their eyes on it. Great location, but you know, they couldn't get past how to do something other than scraping it. The clubs go away, and you know, just building um, a huge. Uh, complex on both properties and and then mike ablon came along now if the name mike ablon is familiar it's because he ran for mayor uh last year that is correct okay so mike ablon came along what did he say to you that was different so you know i'd like to even back up just a few years um about four years ago um i approached the board and had a conversation with them about we need to start looking into the future. We need to start thinking about how we can generate more revenue, how we can put this property to work, how we can guarantee the safety of these clubs and the retail and the gay community. And uh, the board responded greatly to it. They were very excited about my ideas of how, 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 do, we, how do we project and how do we work with the partner with a developer or work with a developer so that we can guarantee this community, these bars, this retail for generations to come. And so we started the process of looking at what kind of buildings could we build in the parking lots? Uh, what what can we do to to build something on the sea of parking we have? Kevin, out of, uh, most of our land is parking. As you all know, that whole area has developed for over the, over the last five and six years. And our property taxes just keep going up. Well, mm-hmm. having the clubs can only generate so much money. And our concern is our, our property tax is going to run us out of Cedar, out of, out of Cedar Springs eventually. I think day. everybody who lives in this area has that concern right now. Right. Yeah, it's a scary concern. Yeah. So Mike Ablon with Pegasus, Pegasus Ablon approached us about a year and a half ago. And he, he said, I'd like to work on a concept that would work in this community that would preserve the fabric of this community, that would preserve the clubs, the retail, the community, and the history. And he came back about six months late, months later and had this incredible idea to develop the back two parking lots, not even touch the clubs or the retail. The existing buildings would not even be touched, built on top of, added to, taken away from. And by preserving the fabric, it preserves the community and then he develops these buildings behind the clubs, which is a component that Cabin has missed for years. You know, we have the retail, we have the entertainment, we don't have the residential. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and part of, in addition to his offer or plan, um, have you thought about 
I don't know, maybe re-inspired by what's going on in maybe some of the other neighborhoods in other cities. You know, we were talking before the show about Dallas's um, gay area. It seems, for, for the size of the city, seems rather compact and small. It doesn't really go that far. Um, and some of the other well, cities... Well, I was saying compact. You you were saying small. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah. Um, but, but, it, but it's lively, you know, but like, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, you go to like Chicago, um, you know, it, it seems like the gay area is like triple the size of what it is down here. Um, right. You know, so have you thought about that? Maybe what, what other cities are doing? Well, you know, yes, Yes, we have, but you're right. We, due to, to many rules and regulations, um, we looked into maybe even moving, you know, some of the clubs to different areas and expanding to different areas, but we're so regulated here in the city because of, um, where, where are dance halls allowed by, you know, we are allowed by right. Where, where can you build another dance for this city? Mm. Where can you grow and where would it be advantageous for the gay community? Because we're just locked in that area. And mm-hmm. thank goodness Frank had the vision to buy three, little over three acres because if he wouldn't have, Cedar Springs would even be smaller. Um, you know, one word that comes to mind when you ask these questions is gentrification. You know, we're seeing that throughout the whole area. And we're one little area that has not gentrified. And my goal is to, by all means, save that three acres that we have in this small community. Yeah. Okay, so to be clear what you're building, the four bars, four, four or five, it depends if you count uh, Rose Room as a separate bar, but it's inside S4. Um, right. Those buildings won't be touched. So if you're walking down Cedar Springs, you won't know a difference. It, mm-hmm. It'll be the same. No, you will not. Be the same. It'll be the same. Um. Behind S4, though, there's a big parking lot, and there's going to be a park and then uh, a, a building that's up to 20 stories. And I think that hasn't been exactly determined yet, right? Correct. Um, and that has to do with zoning. It has to do with flight path uh, to Love Field. It has to do with, uh, I guess, neighborhood input, all kinds of things, right? That is correct. That is correct. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell us about the pocket park and how that's going to be in addition to the neighborhood uh, as opposed to just another building. So his concept to combine the building to the clubs uh, was a wonderful vision. Uh, The alleyway that goes down behind the clubs he is going, he has planned to turn that into a plaza, a park, a green some green space. You know, every time we have any type of march, whatever type of march it's going to be, whether it starts at the monument and goes to MCC or wherever it goes, generally when we want to have a meet, a meeting of, of, uh, at the end of the march, we have to go to a park somewhere or we have to find a place to go. This and and quite frankly, that, walking from uh, Cathedral of Hope all the way down to the monument is a little bit much for me. It's a long walk. Especially as we get older. Right. So, yeah. uh, So, you know, a march like that, you'd walk down Cedar Springs and hang a right on Throckmorton, walk past Sue Ellen's and turn left and walk into this beautiful plaza. And this plaza will be covered um, with a material that is see-through, allows uh, 
the light, natural light to come through. But if the elements are bad, it doesn't mean we have to find an alternative place to go. Um, it, it, it allows for area, a raised area for speakers to speak. Um, it, it, it's, it's an amazing plan. And here again, and it, cooled. It's, it's a plan. And I'm sorry. And cooled for the summer. Yes. Absolutely, and ventilated, and um, yeah, and and that's another another great thing about Mike is he truly wants to do this to for the community. It's his goal. It's what he does. He 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 hates to scrape and build. He likes to to preserve fabrics, and we don't see a lot of that in this city. And Greg, we need to take a break. I do need to remind everybody that it is Pledge Drive. If you'd like to make a donation, give us a call, 972-647-1893. Yes, 972-647-1893. Josh and I are both standing by. And um, when you ask what you're donating to, it's entirely the operation of the uh, of the radio station. And by the operation, I don't mean Josh's huge salary or Laurent's huge salary. <laughs> uh, you doubled your salary this year, right? Absolutely. To zero. To zero. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, you know, what does it take to run a radio station? A uh, total of uh, more than $63,000 a month. And, of course, things like our tower rent increase this year. And that's good because we got to work after the tornado. We got to work down at the tower for about a month. And we enjoyed the luxurious facilities, including the scorpions and the snakes. <laughs> And he's not joking. No, I'm not joking. I'm laughing at how we even made it through that month alive. Uh, our rent, we had to move to a new uh, location, and I love our new studio. Better too. Uh, yeah, it's more expensive, though. Uh, so give us a call. Help us stay on the air, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. We'll be back with more with Greg Kilhoffer uh, from Cabin Enterprises right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laron Landis this week. Um, and when people have asked, you know, why are, is it just the two of us? It's because everybody in the studio were distancing because I can't stand sitting next to Laron anyway. Uh, but no, or, we're social distancing. Or what? <laughs> Go ahead with your snotty comment. Or Patty. Or Patty. Uh, no, we're, uh, all we can fit is our board operator and then two spaces here behind the counter. Right. Uh, and uh, we're ending the shows about 10 minutes early in order to uh, change the windscreens, uh, clean the counters, and make sure it's safe for the next person coming in to do the next show. Uh, we're talking to Greg Kilhoffer. He is the CEO of Cabin Enterprises. It is Pledge Drive. Operators are standing by, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Um, Greg, before the break, we were talking about uh, the development and especially the little park that's going in between a high-rise building behind the bars on property that you owned and, uh, and S4. Um, one of the features that you forgot to mention about it is the waterfall. Tell us about that because that's kind of magnificent. Sure. So um, another feature on the, that he's put together, um, just to pull the park, the plaza together, the green space, is there will be um, on the seventh floor an infinity pool, um, and uh, from that infinity pool will be a seven-story waterfall fountain that falls down the side, the corner of the building. That corner would be adjacent to Sue Ellen's, but it's right there on Throckmorton mm -hmm. 
absolutely beautiful, beautiful idea and concept. And one thing that everybody complains about Cedar Springs is the parking. And I know you say we have so much parking and it's never enough. Um, what's going to happen to the parking? Sure. So I do say we have a lot of parking. The of parking is what I call it because uh, cabin, uh, cabin's building sit on a probably just a little over a third of the property. Um, so it leaves us with a lot of parking to be developed. But in the plan that Mike has for both these buildings, it will replace all that parking plus some um, and adding and then plus parking the buildings as well. Sure. So if you live in one of the apartments in the complex, you'll park in one place and everybody else will That's park correct. in some public yeah. parking. Yeah. that will be there that will more than replace what is already uh, on the ground. That's good. And, and, exactly. and, and it sounds like it might be even safer. Absolutely. Being enclosed like that, mm -hmm. you drive, you drive into the build, into the parking, um, uh, whichever floor you park on, jump on a, uh, elevator, come down to the floor to cross over to the, to the clubs, retail, wherever you're walking to. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, while I was putting the show together, this is just a little helpful hint for you. Um, You've had different incarnations of several bars, like JR's uh, became wider and then it went up and doubled in size, uh, but you kept the name. Village Station became the new Village Station and now it's S4. I have a name for the next incarnation of S4. <laughs> okay. I'm dying. S5. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's be a little more creative. <laughs> yeah, just uh, trying to be helpful here. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I will make sure I take that into account. Uh, yeah, exactly. It was our fourth major renovation of Station Four, and uh, of course, that's where S Four came from. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. JRS has been through three. You're right, three renovations. The second renovation was to just increase the size of it, and it became a. A bar that you could walk completely around. Then the third renovation, we took in another retail, pushed it out, and then went up. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the other bars, gay or not, just all across the country, um, bars and restaurants have, have unfortunately not survived this pandemic. Um, but here locally, some of the other gay bars that are not on Cedar Springs have not survived. So they, they, they're closing for good. Um, but you guys are, are, have managed to stay open. Um, how, how are you surviving? So it's a really great question. Um, and, and when, when I took over as CEO in 2006, um, one of my goals was I had two goals. One was to renovate all the clubs. And we had just finished renovating Station 4 and reopened January of 2005. Um, and as you know, we have renovated each one of them, and we just finished TMC last year, kind of right before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. um, so, so my goal was to, to accomplish that in 10 years. And due to the economic downfall in 2008, 9, and 10, that kind of set us back. So it, it actually took us about 15 years to accomplish renovating all the clubs. Um, the other goal I had was to set aside um, money that would help this company through any type of disaster, not even thinking about COVID-19, mm -hmm. but a disaster like a fire like they had in Houston and lost the club and it didn't reopen for two years. You know, I did never want to be in a position where I, I couldn't 
immediately start working on a, on a rebuild and minimize the time that we were closed. So basically that disaster fund that I built over the last 16 years has come in very handy at this time. Wow. And the thing that I think more people in our community are worried about is what about all of your employees? You have about 150 people who work at the various bars. Mm-hmm. Yep. How are they doing? So what we did is also, and a lot of people don't know this, um, when, when we were closed down the 13th of March, I set aside a half a million dollars to keep all the employees at half pay until that money ran out. That was part of the re- my personal replete relief tank that Kevin had. Of course, the money eventually did run out, but we were able to reopen uh, right about the time we were running out of funds, and of course, three weeks later, we were closed again. So unfortunately and sadly at that time, I did have to furlough all the employees. Mm. Um, but we kept them on as long as we could. They're still hanging on. You know, we've hired back about 50 right now. Um, and I, I've actually made some phone calls to, to some of the employees to see how they're doing. And, and they're basically just hanging on. They're part of the family. They want to mm-hmm. come back. Yeah. We're just waiting. Um, now, JR's was set up to sell food. And bars can be open as long as you're doing most of your business in food, right? That is correct. So JR's was set up because it was always JR's Bar and Grill. Mm-hmm. You've always served hamburgers, or especially at lunchtime. Um what did you have to do in order to reopen? So what we did is we applied for what is called a food and beverage license. It's a temporary license that lays the lay over it lays over our mixed beverage license. So we don't have to give up our mixed mixed beverage license. Um, this license is a, is a temporary license. I believe it. If I'm not mistaken. I think it's a five or six month with a two month renewal. So we're looking at seven to eight months that we can operate under this license. So we're basically operating as a restaurant. So we have table seating only. People have to walk in with a mask. When they're eating, they can take their mask off. We're sitting at the table, um, and we do have to serve food. And and so TMC that does not have um, a, a grill or a kitchen, um, we have we are able to set up temporary kitchen there, and we are uh, serving things like hot dogs and corn dogs. They're serving. Um, it's, evidently, it's really popular. They're um, uh, um, Swiss Swiss meatballs, I think is what they're calling them. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but everybody seems to <laughs> So it's, it's a very temporary situation, but the TABC has worked with this concept to try to get some of these bars open as basically restaurants so we can save our businesses, so we can save our employees. And mm-hmm. it's working out well with TMC. Um, it- your employees, I'm sure, were all on board for it. Anything to get back to work. How are your customers doing as far as wearing a mask in the bar and uh, and and going to a table and sitting? It seems it would seem odd to just go to one of your bars and just sit. It's very odd, and that was a concern of mine. And going into this, I let everybody know as they were coming back that, you know, this may or may not work. I don't know how our customer base is going to respond to this. But overwhelmingly, they have been absolutely wonderful. And, you know, so many people, so many of our, my, the clientele, um, that, that bartender or that bar back or, or the people working at the door, they're almost like their best friends, their family. And I think what has happened is they're just tickled to death to come back and and 
support the club, support the employees. Um, it, it's just, it has just gone so well. Mm-hmm. Our clientele has just been incredible. Have you had any problem with, and I haven't heard about this in Dallas much uh, among restaurant employees, but any, uh, with spread of the virus? No, we've been very fortunate. We've had a, a couple close calls back in June and uh, one this go round that uh, they were just um, in situations where they were exposed. They never contracted the, the virus. Mm-hmm. Good. And um, the employees, the minute they step uh, in the club, um, they have to put a mask on. Uh, I'm going to actually implement a a new rule. They haven't heard it yet, so if they're listening to this, they're going to hear it early tomorrow that if you are on cabin property, that means inside, out, in the parking lot, and you are going to be six feet or closer, you have to wear a mask outside as well. Mm. Good for you. Yeah. Good yeah, for you. Nothing wrong with being safer for an no. extra they, they, you know, they, five minutes. They that, smoke. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. they go up on smoke breaks. They just aren't thinking about it. So, you know, it'll just keep them six feet apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, very important to me. And and they will they will do it. They will be glad to do it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up something aside from um, the pandemic. Even before the pandemic, We've heard in several different cities, like, you know, one of the oldest lesbian bars in the nation closed down, um, the slowly closing of gay neighborhoods. Um, and some people have attributed that to cell phones and apps. They don't need to gather in b- uh, bars anymore. You haven't been to a bar recently. I have not. Well, Everybody you know, is in the bar with their apps. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> grinder. You know, you know when, when I, you know, first got there, out of college. I said it, Greg. Got out of college. I, 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 God, I was on Cedar Springs every night for years. Um, but now, you know, I'm older. I've gotten married. I have a He's kid. Very old. I don't go out there that much anymore. He's very much so, apparent. Aside from the pandemic, do you did you start to notice a decrease in um, clientele uh, with the bars? Not at all. No. Okay. No, we really hadn't. Um, you know. <laughs> Back again in 2009 and 2010 is when we struggled a lot. I think every business in the country was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since, uh, I'd say starting in 2011 to current, that you know we have not seen a decrease um, in in clientele. That's good. That's good to hear. Speaking of decreases yeah. in clientele. We can't let that happen here at KNON because actually our clientele has gone up. The number of people who've listened, especially since the tornado, has gone up. But our revenue hasn't. And actually it did. I shouldn't say that because we, over the last year after the tornado, we've had two of our biggest pledge drives ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And we thank you for those. We do thank you for those. Uh, Our listeners is what saved the station, basically, when our old building blew down if you saw what a disaster it was uh, they were just showing on the one year anniversary of the tornado uh there were several uh news reports that showed our old building yeah and what a tangled mess that was but it was our listeners who came through for us and we really do appreciate it well now we're settled into our new studio and um our expenses have gone up because our insurance has gone up our tower lease has gone up our rent has gone up uh, and our pledge premiums need to go up a little bit, too. So give us a call, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893.
Um, and one of the easiest ways you can help is to just make a sustaining donation. And how do you do that? You can make a monthly donation by um, giving us your uh, your credit or your debit card, or as well as um, your checking or savings account. This way, it'll deduct every month. You don't have to think about. You don't even have to think about it. And that adds up over time. So give us a call and we can get you set up on that at 972-647-1893. And you can go to knon.org and uh, hit the Pledge Now button. All of the pledge premiums will come up. Uh, the T-shirts for a $50 pledge, the disaster T-shirt package, two shirts for uh, $80. Uh, we have disposable masks. We have our uh, usual caps and aprons. And do we still have the apron? We still have the apron. We do still have the apron. Okay. Uh, and um, our, our whole variety of T-shirts and shirts, there's a new Dickies short sleeve work shirt. It's a two-tone black and gray short sleeve work shirt with a 2020 Dallas Observer Best Radio Station and Fort Worth Weekly 2020 Survivor Award design on the back. Uh, and the KNON logo on the front pocket comes in sizes small through five extra large. That means that there is even one to fit you, Laurent. Exactly. I was worried about that. And you can get that. Since and it's a pregnancy. Just I know. I just can't help. drop the baby weight. Um, it is. Um, that's a really nice shirt, by the way. Very stylish. You can get that for a pledge of $100. So give us a call at 972 647-1893. And Greg Kilhoffer is our guest. He's CEO of Cavan. We'll be back with more of, uh, oh, we have three minutes. Oh, I cut away quickly. Okay, then I'll keep talking. Uh, <laughs> give us a call on 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Um, the station always gives us a list of reasons to give our listeners to listen to KNON, mm -hmm. and one of them is always it's li live and local. It is. And we're one of the good examples of that. <laughs> we're very live and local. You're not, calling, you're not calling a call center when you give us a call. You're going to speak to directly one of us. And uh, if you are a pledger today, be that now person and take action for your radio station, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. Um, the light is on. Why don't you go to the commercial a minute or so early? We'll be back with more with Greg Kilhoffer right after this. And this is Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with Laurent Landis. Um, uh, Greg, we had a caller during the break, and he wanted to know, what's your guarantee that, um, you know, you're selling your property now, uh, so that you won't own the land that your bars are on, you'll still own the bars. So, right. Um, so, what's the guarantee oh, that sorry. that Mike is not going to just turn around and uh, sell off the property, uh, and the new owners will say, "Well, bye." Right. Well, so much of the negotiation after seeing this building and, and liking the idea. Um, there was so much more, a good six months of negotiations between me and Mike uh, and his team uh, about how do we make this concept work for generations to come? How do we guarantee that, uh, you know, it, 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 the clubs won't go away or something might happen or you want to sell out or change the concept or, you know, tear down the clubs? So basically, 
although in my heart and I, uh, knowing Mike, like I know him uh, and, and his, fa- his family, uh, I, I really feel confident that Mike would never do that. But you know, there's all you always want to have something in stone that protects what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, if we couldn't have come up with a, if we couldn't have come to an agreement, this would we would not have made, we would not have been able to make a deal. I wouldn't have done it because I've been with the company 35 years, well, 36, and um, you know, it, it's my life. It was my very first job. I, I'd never worked for anybody else before, and mm. um, so we we were able to come up with. Uh, extremely long-term leases with long-term renewals, um, guaranteeing that these clubs are going to be there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Mike worked with me. I didn't even have to ask him twice. When, when I pitched the deal of what I wanted and what I wanted in the leases, he said, okay. And I actually thought we'd have to negotiate. That's how serious he was about keeping these clubs. Well, what's the projected time once um, um, construction starts? How long will this, is this expected to take? And when will construction start? Yeah, and these are some of my questions that I know from meeting kind of what, what the plan is. Um, they're hoping to start in the either the last quarter of 2020 or the first quarter of 2021 on the first phase, which is behind the clubs. Uh, and they're looking at... at to, to complete the entire project if everything goes well. They don't run any obstacles. Our economy, you know, doesn't create an issue. They're hoping to have be it completed in around eight eight years, maybe eight to ten, but eight, I think, is our goal. Oh. But it'll be one building at a time. It's not like... One building at yeah, a time. Yeah, it's not right. just really slow construction. It's uh, mm-hmm. one building will start. Now, you don't have the final plans um, the preliminary plans were published this week, so it'll take a while to come up with the final plans and get that through zoning. What steps am I missing right. then? Right, so the plans we're seeing now is the actual plan, that it's what the building will look like, um, but you're correct. They're still, work, still working on the details of interior, how it's all going to lay out, uh, design, uh, you know how how it's going to flow well. I haven't seen any of that. I actually haven't been in a, a part of a lot of those meetings. Uh, I was more interested in you know I really was interested in what what are these buildings going to look like sitting behind the clubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been and, fortunate enough to be involved in a lot of the design, and, and that's another thing that's kind of unheard of. It it's a true partnership between Kevin, myself, Mike, and his team um, at Oakley as well. We have been in almost every meeting they've had. Um, they don't, if, if there's emails going out, I'm part of them. He doesn't want me to miss anything. He, he, he truly has involved me in everything. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about one side of Cedar Springs, but we haven't talked about the other side. And I know you all don't own that. But I'm just curious, have they, um, have they you know, shown any interest to get in on the action? No, they haven't, although we have talked to, um, uh, I believe at this point, the majority of the um, tenants over there and the landowners, and they are very optimistic and happy to see us doing this. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I I know you just redid some of the bars, so is there any plans to redo any of the bars to coincide with the opening of it, of any of this? So, you know, 
these clubs require attention constantly. Sure. We finish a renovation and then there's another one needing work. Uh, I know that you guys, you've noticed and, and our customers have noticed throughout the year that we started renovation with Station 4, uh, then moved Sue Ellen's and then JR's renovation and then we went in and finished TNC. But in between those major renovations, we have, you know, we've gone in and completely revamped the Rose Room and everybody has seen the new Rose Room. It's incredible. We've it done is. a lot of work at Sue Ellen's, made a lot of changes there. Um, so we're constantly upgrading and, and at Station 4, we put in the most amazing light show last year. Mm-hmm. And yes, there were several things uh, on the agenda to start working on actually this year. But of course, uh, that came to a screeching halt. So I, right. I, I pretty much have have a plan uh, every year to do a minor renovation or upgrade uh, in in the clubs on an annual basis. But will there be? And, and this is what I was what I really had in mind. I know there's an entrance to S four from the parking lot, but once that's a park, there more people will want to just go directly in that way. Is there any um, plan to open that up and develop That's like, an entrance? That, that is a great question. And when I met with my employees uh, before uh, we broke uh, the news in the media on Tuesday, actually I was meeting with them all, all my current active employees uh, at the time the, the news broke. That that was the question several of my employees actually had is, can we have entrances uh, in the back of Sue Owens and the back of Station 4? And the answer to that is absolutely. So it sounds like that's Good. where the entrance to S5 will be. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll create a we'll create an entrance there and change the train station. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be at that grand opening. Uh, <laughs> um, will there be any? You know, you've owned your own property, so you haven't had to worry at all. But I guess you have such trust in uh, Mike Ablon as your partner as opposed to uh, your landlord that you're not worried about that part of the company's future. No, so the company basically currently, you know, a lot of people don't know or understand the, the operations of the company, but all four clubs pay rent to the parent company now. So the difference is the rent will now no longer be paid to Cabin Enterprises, the parent company. The rent will be paid to Mike Avalon's company. Okay. And for people who don't know what Mike has developed, he was one of the major developers of the design district. Absolutely. He did amazing things in the design district. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what he did from what my office uh, during the week is in the design district. So what he did really was he took an area that was mostly, there were some office buildings like the one I'm in, uh, there were warehouses and there were showrooms, and he added restaurants and bars and um, retail as well as housing and turned it into a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I see as the goal for this, to turn it from bars and restaurants and stores to bars, restaurants, stores, and more housing to turn that it into more of a neighborhood right. yeah yeah that is his goal is is to create that neighborhood walkability feel um and you know to jump on the elevator get to the first floor walk out through the beautiful plaza go into a club go to retail go to restaurants walk anywhere you want to go 
uh, it's a great walkable area. Uh, you know, I, I, going back to, will we notice any changes and what, what do the customers, uh, expect? Well, I, I can put it this way. Um, a customer, a customer walking into any one of my clubs the day before we close. And then the next day they come out the very next day after we close, they're not going to even realize that anything transpired because the clubs are not changing at all. The concepts aren't changing. The employees aren't changing. They, they, even my employees won't know the difference. The number the difference will change. Is all, the, the what will? The number on, on S5. <laughs> no, and we'll change that number. I promise you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Just ignore him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it will be it will be seamless and and but is what we have designed and what we put together and what we've negotiated ensures those clubs are going to be there for generations to come the, the community is going to be preserved the history uh, it is a win-win situation for the community for cabin for my uh it, it it's something i've been dreaming of and uh, kind of fell into my hands uh, he had the vision that nobody else no other developer ever had uh, it's very, very exciting. Greg, I want to thank you for being with us, um, and I will give you a call during the week about what we talked about. Great, guys. And but, I want to make a pledge, but I've been on the phone with you, so how do I do that? Um, th and that's what I'm talking about, that I'll uh, give you a call during the week. Good. And good. we'll take care, care of that. that. Thank you so much, Greg. Right. It was nice to meet, guys, meet you. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us, and for everybody listening at home, it is still Pledge Drive. Uh, 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. And um, Josh is standing by. Uh, we need to take off because we need to wipe down the counters, uh, change the windscreens, change everything so that it's safe for the next show coming in. Uh, we've been very careful here at KNON, and I hope you're being careful uh, at home, too. Um, Give us a call, 972-647-1893, or you can go online, knon.org, hit the Pledge Now button, the list of pledge premiums will come up. Uh, just fill out, it, it's exactly the same questions that we're asking you on the air, uh, or not on the air, but asking you when you call into the studio. Uh, there are two pages to fill out, and um, just the basics that we need to take your credit card information or know that you're paying by check or... Um, or if you're making a monthly donation, right? Uh, how to do that? Right. Um, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, um, our guest next week, we're doing a show, and this is from uh, something that happened in my family. I have a cousin that's looking for a, a kidney, hmm. and so we're going to do a show. I think it's going to be next week on organ transplant. Um, Mayor Eric Johnson. We're trying to figure out a week for him to come on. That might be next week. So we should have a good show one way or the other. Absolutely. Next week. Yeah, for all of us here at Lambda Weekly, be best. <laughs>